7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with Cake. In for the Buckeye boy. We'll do the rest of the week, and then Max will be in on Monday. Just the Monday. Just the Monday. Buckeye boy back next Tuesday. So we have a lot to get to today. AFC and NFC championship games are set. You know, the, the thought was is that Buffalo would be able to put a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow because of injuries on the offensive line. It worked out really kind of the opposite way. Yeah. Josh Allen got a lot of heat in his kitchen yesterday. Joe Mixon ran like a madman. Joe Burrow. Joe Cool. Just goes into Buffalo, snowy Buffalo, and gets the job done. And then Brock Purdy, while the numbers may not be as spectacular not as, as they've been. Do, do we dare say not as Purdy, Purdy as they could have been? But still good. Good enough to didn't, didn't throw a pick. 214 through the air. McCaffrey scores in the ground. Dak looks, that, that's some ugly right there. He, he had some bad throws. Two picks. Two ugly picks. Yeah. And once again, the future of Mike McCarthy now comes into question he's, after the Cowboys losing the divisional round. He's still going to have a job. I would I would think so. Jerry Jones you, is fiercely, to a flaw, loyal, detrimentally loyal to... To, the, to people like, you know, I mean, Jason Garrett probably would have, could have, should have been fired many years before he was ultimately canned. But I also think if you're now Jerry, though, Cake, I'll, I'll disagree on this point. I think there's, you're right about that. But now Father Time is working against Jerry Jones. That's there's, that's one way to put it. There's more more desperation for Jerry Jones to win another Super Bowl. And not that not that Jerry's on death's bed or anything, but uh, he, he's what, a man that's not getting any younger. Uh either the lighting was bad because I got uh the NFL network in here this morning, some good morning football. They were showing a post game scrum with Jerry. Either the lighting was just terrible or Jerry just looks like a ghost. He's not, look, the man's had, I think, some work done and maybe not the best work probably done in the world by a plastic surgeon. I don't know. I just know he's getting older and there's less time for him to be patient and go, well, you know, Mike got us the division around, and that well, was a tough loss, but now it'll be better next year. I mean, he's there's there's now a sense of urgency for Jerry Jones that has not previously been there. Does this raise the ultimate question then, and then how does this relate to us here in Broncos country? If McCarthy is gone, does Jerry want to hire Sean Payton, and does that kind of throw a wrench in the Penner-Walton ownership group plans for Denver's next head coach. That's a possibility. 
I mean, I, I don't think there's anything definitive at this at this moment about McCarthy getting canned, but that 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 does loom there. That there is that possibility that Jerry Jones feels like we've got to make a move here. We've got to do something dramatic. We've got to, we have to do something big. And and that would be the hiring of Sean Payton. And because it's not just that they've lost two years in a row in the divisional round and they've not made the conference championship game since the year after I was born. It's that it's twice in a row now that they've done all of that in embarrassing fashion with bad clock management, a horrible last play to end the game, where it seemed like they just they didn't have a plan. They were just were kind of winging it, and you're like, uh, uh, do this. Just just go out there and run a quarterback draw. Or then this year it's uh, throw a six yard uh, in route and then hope for some <laughs> for some uh, laterals and the guy gets creamed right after he catches the football. It's just it's it's the embarrassment factor that I think more than anything is potentially what brings down Mike McCarthy. If that is the case, we'll see. Haven't heard anything yet. Now, the, the, the comment that Jerry made after the game was about McCarthy would, you know, losing in a second straight, you know, divisional game, lose, lose the, you know, 49ers for the second straight season. Would that have an impact on McCarthy's job? And Jerry said, no, 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 not at all. So this is very sickening. We came up short. We're sick. We're just sick. Sick. They've now lost seven times the divisional round and five times the wild card round. And so yeah. Jerry can Jerry can say that like right after the game, and I understand that. But when he sits back today, ponders where they are ponders where he is in his life and wanting desperately to win another Super Bowl. Will he say, you know what, let's let's ride with Mike again? Or will he say, let's reach out to the Saints, let's reach out to Sean Payton, and let's talk to him. It will be fascinating to see where this goes because it does, at the moment, it doesn't look like it has an impact. Because the the, the the feeling out of Cowboys country seems to be Mike McCarthy's going going to keep his job. He's not going to get fired. Right. That's yesterday, last night after the game. Jerry Jones is the kind of guy, in my opinion, that he could very well go, you know what, no, we forget what I said. Yes, it does have an impact on my decision. Yes, we have to do something different. And get get the Saints on the phone, get Sean Payton on the phone. Let's see what we can do. It it would not shock me at all. And if I'm the Saints, I'm looking at the Cowboys and I'm going, they got more to offer in terms of trade packages, in terms of money. Probably, I mean, more so the trade. And in, in terms of Probably be probably being closer because I mean they've they've been in the divisional round the last two years. Right, Denver hasn't even been a playoff team. So, but playoffs, playoffs. And so you have to kind of go. Well, yeah, it's it, it is a better situation if you're a guy like Sean Payton, where if you want to go to a team that is turnkey, 
that is ready to get to a conference championship and a Super Bowl. But that defense, and like I get, I get a Dak was not good last night. No, he was not. But they do have the pieces there, and maybe you know, maybe Sean Payton can fix Dak, fix Dak Prescott the way everybody thinks he's going to fix Russell Wilson. I'm just saying that that's a team that if you're Sean Payton and you want to win and win now, the Cowboys would make a lot of sense for you if if that's what happens. But right, like like I said, there's nothing leading us to feel that way at the moment. No. But it's just one of those things where. If you're Jerry and you're thinking about this today and you're going, mm. you know, I'm a, I'm a guy that's now, I think he's in his 80s. Can't can't be far from. You know, I'm not going to live forever. I want to win another Super Bowl. I don't want to do it while I'm here. He is exactly and, 80 years old. Okay. And so you're, you're going to start feeling the pressure of, I can't, we can only afford to go this path for so long until we have to try something else. So we'll see. Now, the other day when we had uh, Cody Rourke on Mile High Sports Radio, Cody thought we might hear something today about the Broncos coaching search that they would ponder the options this weekend and go from there. It sounds more and more like you're going to see callback interviews with probably the top three candidates that will meet with with uh, both uh, Greg Penner and his wife, Carrie, mm-hmm. Rob Walton, and that you're going to see a second round of interviews. At least that's the sense I got in this last weekend of of reading various pieces that that's the plan that they want to bring back who they feel are the top candidates for this job. And for me, and I think I'll just come right out and say I'm totally biased in this, I'm kind of secretly rooting for the Cowboys to fire Mike McCarthy because... If Sean Payton goes to accept the Dallas job, that opens up the door, I think, for Dan Quinn to get out of Dallas and take the head coaching job of the of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I can't say that. I'm. I'm not. I'm not anti Sean Payton. I like Dan Quinn. I like. I like the price tag for Dan Quinn. I like. I you know Sean Payton. If if Sean Payton like if cake if they feel like Sean Payton's the right guy. And they they're willing to pay the price. I can't damn Greg Penner and George Payton and, and Rob Walton for wanting to bring Sean Payton in. I I get it. He's a guy that there's there's concerns about him, a lot of about about Bounty Gate, but the track record's pretty darn impressive, of of the time he was in New Orleans, and what he did with Drew Brees. I'm not anti Sean Payton. I I will admit I'm I'm pro Dan Quinn. Right. For reasons like I laid out, I just the, the price tag, the sticker shock isn't there. There, it's non-existent to get a guy like Dan Quinn. If it happens to be Peyton, okay. But man, man, it better work. <laughs> but it, but then again, is the pressure any more if it's Sean Payton than Dan Quinn? Because Dan Quinn's got to make it work. Right, it, it can't be. Ah, Dan's going to get two or three years, and no, there. It's it's a little bit like the Jerry Jones situation in a different way that there's urgency here, but it's not because Rob Walton is on death's door. I think Rob's a little younger than than Jarrah, and he wants to win a Super Bowl before he dies or anything like that. And Greg Pinner's much younger. I was his, son, say, his son-in-law, Rob Walton's seventy-eight. Yeah, so he's you know, he's 
Not a spring chicken. Only a couple years younger than old Jarrah. But the but what you've invested in Russell Wilson and this team and this defense that you have that you can't sit around and 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 well let's let's hope that it works out this time. And you got to be you got to feel like you're going to hit a home run here. You got to hit a grand slam with whoever you get. If it happens to be Sean Payton, I'm okay with that. I, I just you know, there's not really any of these guys. I'm I'm only anti Ajiro Vero because of the lack of experience, not because of of the, the football acumen, the likability, the the promise that he has. It's just you can't you can't have another first year head coach. You just can't do it, especially when it's your what would be fourth in a row. Be the fourth in a row. I, look, D'Amico Ryan's is impressing a lot of people, understandably so. The job he's done in, in San Francisco with that defense. But once again, I I just feel like if you're Denver, you can't afford to go down that road again with an with an unproven commodity. You you can go on and on about Dan Quinn blowing the lead in the Super Bowl and and all that stuff, but he got the Falcons there. And he has experience. He's got skins on the wall. Sean Payton's won a Super Bowl. He's got skins on the wall. Hell, Jim Caldwell's got skins on the wall. Right. He's he's had success. He's taken a team to a Super Bowl. And so, for me, it, it comes down to simply the guys that have been there and done that are the ones you need to be talking to. And if you if if you miss on D'Amico Ryan's and Ajiro Vero. You have to be okay with that and comfortable with that. Because I don't, to me, experience matters here. And we'll see. But it, it certainly doesn't sound like we're getting any kind of announcement today from the Broncos that, hey, we're, we've hired Sean Payton. M- maybe I'll be wrong today. I don't know. Maybe Cody's wrong. and But it's certainly watch, sound- it, watch it come down the pipe at 9.54. Yeah, that <laughs> they've hired Sean Payton. When we've got one minute left of the show. Yeah. And we'll talk more about it. We'll have around the NFL coming up uh, next hour. Plus uh, our conversation with Steve Skiff, Montrose Red Hawks girls basketball coach. The report that Jerry Rosberg was interested in the head coaching job. The Jeremy Fowler tweeted out that he expressed some interest in interviewing for the job. That Rosberg had a plan for next season. Ownership has it under consideration, but the lack of an actual interview for the job would suggest that he's not in the mix. So he offered up ideas and opinions that he wants to implement so they didn't interview him, but they're taking what he had to say into consideration. That's some uh, that's some confusing. Well, according to Jeremy I... Fowler, it was... Denver liked how he handled his interim stint and gave him what turned into a lengthy meeting after the year. So maybe it was kind of like an exit interview thing. And then they liked what they they saw, the proofers and what they saw at the end of the season with him taking over. And I guess it turned into somewhat of a de facto job interview. I don't, but not a formal interview. Hmm. Because you certainly don't hear his name as yes, they interviewed him. Yes, he is a candidate for the job. Because the sense was is that Jerry Rosberg had no real interest in being a head coach. Yeah, that he wanted to go back into retirement. That he yeah. wanted to go back to doing his work with uh, 
transitioning guys out of the NFL and into other careers. Right. And that he enjoyed that work and and wanted to continue that. Interesting. Curious. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. So at 716, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, certainly among the ugly, the way Dak Prescott played, uh, the way the Bills looked yesterday. Uh, Corbin Porter, Michael Porter Jr.'s brother. This yeah. is about as awful and terrible, as ugly as it gets. Arrested for vehicular homicide Ugh. and reckless driving. Michael Porter Jr. did not play last night for the Nuggets and their loss to OKC because of that. Just a horrible, horrible thing. And his brother Corbin plays at the University of Denver. And so, um, a tragic, terrible story. And But if you got anything today for the good, the bad, and the ugly, send it our way today, please. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. It's time to dive into... What's happening? And what's happening brought to you by our friends over at ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Things like your phone system, which ComWest, our phones are ComWest phones. Yes. Fantastic phone system that we have here, but they can take care of PC and server support, which they do that work for us as well. Cybersecurity, backup and disaster recovery, surveillance, and of course, business phone systems. Get on the ComWest team today like we have here at the radio station and give them a call, 970-242-8142. That's 970-242-8142. We start out with yesterday, the NFL, the uh, conference championship games are set. As yesterday, you had, of course, the, the big showdown in Buffalo where you had the Cincinnati Bengals going into Buffalo and beating the Bills 27-10. Joe Burrow, Joe Cool. 242 and two touchdowns. But probably his biggest story was Joe Mixon. 20 carries, 105 yards. He averaged over five yards a carry, had a touchdown in that game. And uh, so the Bengals will move on to their uh, second straight AFC championship game. As the Bills finish 14 and four, the Bengals are 14 and four. And they will score off against Kansas City after uh, Kansas City had that uh, narrow win against Jacksonville on Saturday, game where. Uh, Patrick Mahomes played the majority of the game with a high ankle sprain, and so uh, those two will match up in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City, not Atlanta. If it would have been Buffalo, it would have been in Atlanta. And so they'll play in Kansas City at Arrowhead, kickoff at 2.30 this Sunday for that one on the Team Sports Network. And then it'll be preceded by the NFC Championship game. Philadelphia just walked all over the New York Giants on Saturday night. Yesterday, San Francisco punched their ticket to their third NFC Championship game in the last four years. The Niners beating the Cowboys by the score of 19-12. to Brock Purdy, 214 yards, did not throw a touchdown, but also didn't throw a pick yesterday. And Christian McCaffrey had a touchdown on the ground as well for the 49ers. Cowboys, you know, Dak Prescott, not a good day. 206, a touchdown, and a couple of picks. And from a running standpoint, Cowboys just couldn't do anything yesterday really substantially on the ground against that San Francisco defense. So it'll be San Francisco at Philadelphia coming up this Sunday. Pre-game at 10.30 for that one. Kickoff at 11. Catch both the conference championship games on the Team Sports Network. You also had yesterday University of Colorado men's basketball. Buffalo's uh, getting the win against Washington State in a close one at the CU Event Center 58-55. Tristan Da Silva scoring 27 points. K.J. Simpson had 16 for the Buffs. They're now 12-9. 
Washington State falls to 9-12. and 12. And the 24th-ranked Colorado women's basketball team, unfortunately, they lost at number 4 Stanford 62-49 to 49 in Pac-12 play. Keeping on the hardwood, Denver Nuggets were at home last night. They had their nine-game winning streak come to an end with their 101-99 home loss Sunday night to Oklahoma City. Nikola Jokic set it again with his hamstring injury as Jamal Murray scored 26 points in the loss. Denver forward Michael Porter Jr. didn't play due to personal reasons. His brother Corbin has been arrested for vehicular homicide and reckless driving after he was involved in a car crash in South Denver. Corbin Porter plays basketball at Denver University. The Colorado Mesa men's basketball team held off a late rally to be 12th ranked for Lewis on Friday night in Durango, 75-68. to Trevor Baskin recorded an impressive double-double, 17 points and 15 rebounds. Blaze 3 led the Mavs in scoring, dropping the first bucket two seconds into the game. Mavs assistant coach Kyle Boucher says the Skyhawks had no answer for Blaze. The Fort Lewis game plan was to stop Blaze, face guarding them, doing whatever they could to try to not let him get the ball, threw a lot of different coverages at him. For him to come out of that with a line of 10 for 16, 21 points, I mean, that's just a credit to his talent and how much of an unstoppable force he's become out there. The CMU, the CMU women's basketball team, they also won in Durango, taking down the Skyhawks 61-48. to Olivia Reed led the way with 16 points. Mavericks defense picked up, they, uh, picked up actually 33 rebounds to the Skyhawks 21. Mavs assistant coach Hannah Pollard says the rebounding was on point for the Mavs in their victory. Especially when they don't shoot a lot of threes and we still were able to get in um, and get stuff when they were finishing at the rim. That was huge, and we balanced it out. I mean, Tia had nine, Mon had nine, um, everybody else had quite a few, and so that's fun to see that everybody's crashing and taking part of that and um, valuing that rebounds are a big point to winning. Both Maverick basketball teams play at Westminster tomorrow night in Salt Lake City. Coverage starts for the women at 445 with pregame. They tip it at 5, the men at 7 o'clock on the Team CMU Sports Network. Brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. The Fruit of Monmouth boys basketball team won their 13th game of the season with their 73-25 to win at Battle Mountain on Saturday. Wildcats for Daniel Thomason led the way with 17 points. He also had a three-pointer as Fruit improves to 13-1. and Wildcats play at Montrose tomorrow night on the Monkey with girls pregame at 545. The boys tip it off at 730, and you can hear that game on 95.7 in the Grand Valley, 93.5 in Montrose. The defending SWL champion Redhawks won at Eagle Valley 70-54. to Forward Caleb Ferguson scored 19 points as the Redhawks improved to 10-2 overall. Grand Junction lost their Southwestern League opener and falling in Durango 55-43 on Saturday. Tigers forward Will Applegate scored 13 points as Grand Junction falls to 6-8 overall, 0-1 in league. They play at Central tomorrow night. Santana Martinez scored 15 points, letting Central to a 65-47 win at Montezuma Cortez on Saturday. The Warriors improved to 10-4 overall. They're 1-0 in the SWL after winning at Durango 43-41 on Friday night. Defending 5A Western Slope League champion Palisade open league play with a 57-42 loss at Glenwood Springs Friday night. The Bulldogs' Luke Faye scored 25 points in the loss as Palisade slips to 8-8 overall. They're 0-1 in league. Delta Boys basketball team, they're 4-1 in the 4A Western Slope League after picking up a 68-64 home win over Moffat County Saturday. Panthers are 6-7 overall. Moving on to the girls, the defending Southwestern League champion Fruita Girls basketball team won their 11th game of the season with a 52-8 win at Battle Mountain Saturday. The Wildcats' Liv Campbell scored 16 points and hit three three-pointers as Fruita moves to 11-3. They play at Montrose tomorrow night. On the monkey, the uh, Red Hawks are 10 and 3 after winning at Eagle Valley, 57-36 on Saturday. Montrose freshman Macy Oberg scored 19 on the win. Central drops to 1 and 1 in the Southwestern League after losing at Durango, 45 to 39 on Friday night. 
Warriors are seven and six overall. They play at Grand Junction tomorrow night. Tigers open league play with a forty to twenty one loss to Durango. Tigers are zero and fourteen overall. They're zero and one in the SWL. Palisade girls drop their Western Slope League opener in losing at Glenwood Springs fifty six twenty eight Friday night. The Bulldogs Addie Ritterberg scored thirteen points. The Palisade dropping to five and eleven overall. They're zero and one in the WSL. And the Delta girls basketball team they're four and zero in the four A Western Slope League after picking up a sixty five thirty two home win over Moffat County. The Panthers Tatum Miller scored thirteen points with teammates Kylie Huff and Taylor. Summers each scoring 12 points apiece. Delta's now 7-5 and five overall. And the District 51 Phoenix Girls Wrestling Team won their third straight tournament in winning their MLK tournament at Central High School on Saturday. The Phoenix had six first-place finishers and finished with 276 points to win the team title. Latha took second in the team standings in boys wrestling. Grand Junction finished 35th at the top of the Rockies tournament at Centaurus High School. Tigers 165-pound Dominic Jones was Grand Junction's highest placer, taking six. Palisade defeated Delta in their duel. 58 to 22 and that's a look at what's happening brought to you by comwest once again if you're looking for a new phone system or help with your technology give comwest a call today 970-242-8142 all right we'll take a break we'll come back with more on the jim davis show on the team sports network first of all it's hilarious or twisted individuals yes The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 727. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Good, the bad, the ugly. Last night for the Nuggets, it was ugly for a couple of different reasons. First off, the story about Coben Porter, Michael Porter Jr.'s brother, who was arrested early Sunday morning in connection with a fatal crash in South Denver, arrested on suspicion of vehicular homicide and reckless driving. He's 21, taken into custody at the scene of a fatal two-car accident on South University Boulevard. And it happened about 1.54 in the morning when driver died at the scene. And the uh, police spokesman, Kurt Barnes, said he could not provide an arrest report or additional details on what unfolded Sunday. And he had no information to indicate that Michael Porter Jr. was involved in that crash. A Nuggets team spokesperson said that, the, that he was not involved in the incident. He was held out of Sunday's game due to personal reasons. Yeah, it's, it's just a horrible situation, and you you uh, you send good thoughts to the family of the of the victim. Obviously, yeah. And you you know you hope that Michael Porter Jr. can can yeah. can do some of his own you know healing from this because this is probably I'm I'm sure taking this is his brother. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not just guy that was former teammate or it's his younger brother and. You know, I, I just, what's obviously reckless driving, somebody that's not given a rip about anybody else's safety. Yeah. Two o'clock in the, you know, almost two o'clock in the morning. Nothing good ever happens no, at two in the morning. Nothing ever good happens at two o'clock in the morning. And um, just uh, just an awful thing to hear. And I know DU's issued a, a statement expressing their, their condolences to the 
the, the family of the driver that died. I just you know, after after what we you know saw happen with you know down in Las Vegas with uh, with Henry Ruggs, that yeah, you know, this is it. It it, it kind of harkens back to that a little bit of of what transpired. Where you know, was he drinking? You know, we we have no indication that alcohol, drugs were involved in this at this point in time. Was he just twenty one year old guy that got on the gas and? It's just it's just an awful thing, and uh, certainly our our hearts go out to the 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 driver that passed away in that and his family. Now, as far as on the hardwood, the Nuggets um, rough night foul line last night just seventeen to thirty three. They lose to Oklahoma City at Ball Arena one hundred one to ninety nine. Snaps their winning streak at nine straight games, and once again. By, or excuse me, uh, Michael Malone still out health and safety protocols. David Edelman um, was the coach once again, filling in. But uh, Jamal Murray stepped up, twenty six points, nine assists, had his first career triple double the, the game before that. And the Nuggets now thirty three and fourteen. They play New Orleans tomorrow night, and we'll have their game with Milwaukee coming up on Wednesday. But uh, Shea Gilgus Alexander thirty four points, including the the game-winning bucket with 10 seconds remaining as the Nuggets see their their nine-game winning streak come to an end. And, like, at some point you're going to lose basketball games. You don't win every game. Right. But it's tough when you were given all those opportunities at the foul line and you, I mean, you got there 33 times and you didn't fully cash in. Katie Wingy on Twitter pointing out the number that said they had 16 missed free throws. 16. And they only lost by two. Yeah. You make even half of those, quarter of those. You know, a quarter of 16 is four. Four is more than two. So, you know, that's it's that is not an insignificant amount of times you miss at the free throw line. And, you know, the argument could be made rather poorly. Well, you know, you don't have Jokic. It's a different team. Well, they didn't have Jokic the last couple of games before, and they won. And Jamal Murray did very similarly step up in those games as he did in this one. And you know, but again, if you miss sixteen free throws and you only lose by two, right there, that's your you know that's your number. That's that's the that's the the glaring red sign that says, hey, make your free throws. Call it the charity stripe for a reason. You're, you're getting an opportunity to win at the foul line. You got there 33 times. You can't complain. You know, officials weren't calling it. They weren't. We 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 should have been getting foul calls, and we should have been getting to the foul line. They got there 33 times, and and failed to take full advantage of it. But once again, this is a team with no Nikola Jokic right now. Michael Porter Jr. obviously didn't play last night because of the the tragedy involving his brother. That you. You have to go. Wow, they, they still they were at home, which you feel like obviously home home court an advantage in that regard. And in many the, ways, the foul, it is the, the, the foul line disparity where you're there. I mean, you're there 33 times, and you you only hit 17. That opportunity missed. But once again, it's it's an 82 game season. You can never get 
too high, too low. The only time you can get too low is if you strung together like 15 losses in a row. And you're playing like garbage. Yeah. Nuggets have been practically unbeatable at home. They'd won nine straight. Lead the Western Conference. Jokic will be back soon. All is well. Can't can't overrate. You can just go missed opportunity there. Missed, missed chance to have a 10-game winning streak after that game last night. Even though you didn't have Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. All right, Jim along with the Buckeye. I almost said Jim with the with cake today. Now with the Buckeye boy. Jim with cake today. And cake the rest of the week, by the way. Cake's good any day of the week. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned. 734. And coming up, we'll talk with Jeff Johnson for the Monument Girls basketball coach. Big one tomorrow night over on our sister station, the Monkey. Both for the Monument basketball teams at Montrose. Big clash between the top teams in terms of boys' and girls' basketball in the Southwestern League. So uh, we'll talk with Jeff Johnson coming up in just a few minutes. It's time right now for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, Cake, what do you have today? (laughs) Very quick one uh, today, post-game interview, Aaron Andrews. With, I believe it was Brock Purdy. Uh, the clip was too short to get a good good look. But uh, Brock Purdy and George Kittle, who is the star of this clip, as you will hear uh, at the very end. That's what NFL football is all about, to go in a hostile environment like that. Like, we're excited. We're ready for it. Appreciate you both. Thank you, Aaron. You going to go have fun now? <laughs> yes. The giggle. George Kittle. That is George Kittle. This is the isolated... George Kittle giggle. <laughs> yes. He's a goofball. He is such a... You can't help but just, like, like the guy. He's just oh. too likable to hate, in my humble opinion. Yeah. He He's a quirky, funny dude. And he's a hell of a football player, too. Hell of a tight end. And, you know, we, we've... The day and age of the, the sort of the character right of the NFL or even professional sports in general seems to have come and gone and it's it's rare that you see guys just be themselves you know you, you get all these athletes that have these the same answers and they're you know the same kind of stuffy you know it's it's they're just whatever they're just giving you the sort of uh, not necessarily scripted answers but something that could be replicated anywhere else and it's rare to see the the character or the just the personality of a guy like George Kittle shine through I love it yeah, he's, he's just a funny guy what, what was your takeaway about Joe Burrow's comment though yesterday I'm not sure I, uh, after the Bills the victory over the Bills he made the comment this about because remember, because of the situation with the Bengals Bills game being canceled because of uh, of Hamler, right? Um, the more Hamler, excuse me, that they were going to play in Kansas City if it was Buffalo and Kansas City. Mm. Well, Cincinnati won, and you know they sold all those tickets for the game, you know, fifty some thousand to Bills fans. And Joe Burrow said, 
Better make sure you can get a refund. Well, it's kind of funny, which not everybody likes Joe Burrow, but I, I, I like, I like the way the guy plays. They had a really good question on the the get-ups today. Is Joe Burrow he is he's the best quarterback maybe in the league, but he's not the most athletic guy in the league. He is a little bit of just a guy. Yeah, he, there's there's some Brady there in him, in terms of not the not the most athletic guy in the world, but knows how to play the position. And it was so cool that Demar Hamlin was there yesterday. Oh yeah, and uh, had the chance to be there to watch his. Oh, Bush for him, his team would have won. I picked the Bills on our picks, and yeah, but um, but it was cool that Demar Hamlin was there watching uh, his team play yesterday. After uh, it's like still a long recovery uh, ahead for Demar Hamlin. All right, we will take a break and we'll come back. We'll talk with Fruit of Monument Girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson. Big one with Montrose coming up tomorrow night. That's next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Fruta Monument Girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson on the team. And Jeff Johnson's brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Jeff Johnson joins us. Good morning, Jeff. Appreciate the time. Morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. You made the the trip to uh, play this uh, last Saturday. You, you headed up to, to Battle Mountain to take on uh, the Huskies. I think you have to be pretty pleased with how your team played, especially on the defensive end after that really good effort you had against Palisade where you only gave up 12 points to the Bulldogs. You give up just eight points to Battle Mountain. What was the key to your success defensively in that game on Saturday? Uh, we've, we've been just uh, really wanting to uh, make sure our man-to-man principles are being worked every possession. Um, as you can tell with that score, um, I think we only had two where we just didn't know who we were guarding or let them get into the middle and was able to score. But uh, you got to be happy with how hard they were playing together as a unit. <clears throat> um, that's our biggest thing that we're having them to do is, hey, it takes all five defensively to get stops. It's not just who's guarding the ball. It's that help side and finishing the possessions with rebounds. Yeah, like I said, very impressive back-to-back defensive performances by your Wildcats. We're talking with Fruit of Monument Girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson. Uh, Liv Campbell, another strong game, 16 points. She hit three threes, and she was the only player in, in double digits for you, uh, Jeff. But uh, Liv kind of carried, carried the load offensively in that game on Saturday. Yeah, um, she she came out uh, aggressive and strong, um, and that's what we need out of her because uh, she could score for herself, but she could easily set up her teammates as well. Um, and so it, it's good to see her getting her stroke going, um, and hopefully that continues. Yeah, Savannah Turner, a, a good game, seven points for her and nine points for Trinity Hafey. So it, it, certainly Liv Campbell led the way, as I mentioned, but you had uh, those two players in Trinity Hafey and Savannah Turner that were, were good contributors offensively in that game against Battle Mountain. Yeah, uh, we, we're, we're emphasizing passing up a good shot for a great shot, um, making that extra pass, um, and the girls are buying in and realizing that and I, I did my job, got two or three guarding me. Now I have that easy kick out, warm up jumper, or driving lane for a teammate. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monument Girls basketball team, with us. Now it's Montrose. 
course, you're, you're coaching the defending Southwestern League champions against a Montrose team that's been the only one in, in recent years, uh, Jeff, to to win a league title that uh, uh, that hasn't been a year for the Wildcats to, to claim the, the league championship. Uh, Steve's team's playing really well. Uh, they're they're ten and three. They are zero and one in league play after that loss to Central. But uh, give me your thoughts about this Montrose game coming up Tuesday night. Oh man, it, it's going to be it, it'll be fun. Um, I'm excited to get our first league game. Um, and I uh, wish it was at home, but uh, we got to go defend our uh, league championship on the road. Um, so uh, hopefully, our defense comes with us as well um, they, they say defense travels well so uh hopefully we can bring it to them defensively um i have a feeling we won't be able to hold them to just eight points but uh but we got the offense firepower where we could uh, score with them as well um that it'll be any league game's tough um especially when you're on the road it's going to be even tougher yeah, I think yeah, they're probably they're probably going to score more than eight points. So the way uh, the, the scores that they have, uh, they're averaging forty six points per game. Briar Moss, the senior, as uh, twelve points per game. Uh, Macy Oberg's coming off a, a really nice performance uh, in the win against Eagle Valley. The freshman's played really well. She's averaging nine points per game. They're they're really good inside and out, aren't they? Yeah, they got a great a great combo going, um, and like you said. Uh, their seniors leading them, and they got freshmen stepping up. Um, and so, it, it'll be it'll be a battle. Um, and if you look at gra- uh, the, the grades of the players and stuff, we're both young, um, so we're both going to be hungry, and everybody wants to be fruit up because we're the defending champs. Jeff Johnson, Wildcats coach, with us today. And if for you, Jeff, it's your first trip as the Wildcats head coach. To go to Montrose, Lloyd McMillan Gymnasium, that that raucous environment, uh, Red Hawk fans get out and and uh, represent well. That's going to be uh, a, a fun challenge for your basketball team, but also for you, your first time coaching there as the head coach at Fruita Monument. Yeah, uh, you you want those environments. I think uh, it just makes the game more exciting. More, it, it puts a little bit more pressure on the team to communicate. Cause it's going to be so loud in there, but. Uh, as a player, you, you want those environments. As a coach, we want those environments because that means it's a, it's a big game for both teams. And we'll have that game tomorrow night over on the Monkey, which here in the Valley you can listen to it, 95.7 FM, 93.5 in Montrose. It's our Highway 50 game of the week. Uh, girls pregame at 545. They'll tip it at 6. The boys at 730. And uh, next hour, we'll talk with Montrose coach Steve Skiff. Get uh, the Red Ox side of the matchup tomorrow night over on the monkey. Jeff, I appreciate the time. Congratulations on the win against Battle Mountain. Good luck against Montrose tomorrow night. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to Larry. You too. Take care. Thanks. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monument Girls basketball team, said they've won. I think it's been I'm trying to remember the number of league championships it's been now for Fruita. Uh, but Montrose is the only one to to get the, the win during that stretch of, I think, like six or eight league championships for the Wildcats here in recent years. So it um, it will be a, an interesting matchup tomorrow night. Two two teams that are, like Jeff said, younger basketball teams. Right. And so a little bit you know youth in this one. But, you know, Liv Campbell, Fruit of Monument's best player. She's just a sophomore. And uh, Macy Oberger, freshman. They've got some really good, young, talented players at Montrose as well. So uh, that will be a, a fun one coming up tomorrow night once again over on the Monkey uh, with pregame at 5.45. All right, 7.48, Jim along with Cake today in for the Buckeye Boy the rest of the week. And uh, 
your thoughts on, I guess, the good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend, your predictions on the AFC and NFC championship games as well. We've got some uh, predictions on the Cincinnati get back to the Super Bowl. They might. Yeah, I think yesterday the, the feeling was that with all the inj- with the injuries on the offensive line at the tackle spots, that it was going to be tough to protect Joe Burrow against Ed Oliver and and, and that defensive front. You know, obviously minus Von Miller, but that that defensive front for Buffalo is really the other way around. Where yeah, where Hubbard and and that group got after Josh Allen yesterday in a big big way. Now, for this upcoming matchup with the Chiefs, it's a rematch of last year's conference title game. It's once again in Kansas City. The X factor is going to be, is Patrick Mahomes' injury bad enough to where it affects his play again? And what's sort of the backup plan for Kansas City if he's not as if he's not able to make the kinds of throws that he's... When they put Chad Henney in on Saturday, they went 98 yards and scored a touchdown. And that's, for Cincinnati, that's going to have to be something they might have to game plan for this week. If How do you stop Patrick Mahomes, which is already a daunting task, but then how do you also work in a game plan for potentially a backup quarterback that while certainly not to the level talent-wise as Patrick Mahomes, is still very capable is a veteran. He's been in the league long enough to know what's what's what. And like you said, he had that 98-yard drive. It's he he ain't no spring chicken quarterback, you know. But got the job done. He's a veteran guy that's been around for a long time and, and came in and really didn't miss a beat. I mean, he's he's not Patrick Mahomes. Chad Henney's not going to be able to, to to manipulate the pocket and 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 get outside and make these incredible sidearm throws and right. jump passes and and all these things, but he did a serviceable job. Yeah, how because the ankle injury looked looked pretty serious. It looked bad. It looked like and and give Mahomes a ton of credit. Oh yeah, for for gutting it out. You know, threw a touchdown pass off the wrong foot, off his left foot because of the right ankle injury. Uh, you know, I just. Look, I'm I'm no Chiefs fan, never will be. No, but I have a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes because he stayed in there, and 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 while they were limited, because it really limited Derek Bieniemy and Andy Reid and what they could do offensively because of the ankle injury. Right, Mahomes got it done, and and give Jacksonville credit, they played tough. That's a team that. If you're the Broncos, you got to go. Why did we interview Doug Peterson? <laughs> why didn't we talk to that guy? Uh, Fruta, by the way, they have won six league titles in the last seven years. So just to clarify that, so okay. it's, and Montrose winning that one during that stretch when uh, Michael Wells was the head coach at uh, Fruta Monument, and of course Steve Skiff guiding the the Red Hawks to uh, the league championship that one season. But uh, big one coming up tomorrow night over in the Monkey, and that one both Fruita teams at uh, Montrose for our Highway 50 Game of the Week. So if you got some thoughts about the AFC-NFC Championship games coming up this Sunday, Jalen Hurts was back, and Jalen Hurts was practically unstoppable. Yeah, that was... And Daniel Jones looked very human once again. That was a game that the Giants really didn't have any answers for at all. 
They just didn't have they. They looked like. Well, like you said, I think I think the best way to describe it is like like you said, human, mortal. They did not look unstoppable. They didn't play the same way that they did against the Vikings. The Eagles just demolished them. Yeah, I, I just think that if you're if you're Brian Dibble, look, you have to be. If you're a Giants fan, you've got to be thrilled about the future of this football team for sure. Now, now the question becomes: What is the future of Daniel Jones, though? Is Daniel Jones the guy that you saw the week before against the Vikings and at different times this season? Or the quarterback that you saw against Philadelphia Saturday night? A guy that still, at times when the game is on the line, can't make plays. And I just know this. With Jalen Hurts, if you're, I, I like the Niners a lot. And I still feel like the Niners can go into Philadelphia and win. But it's gonna it's gonna be a war. It's gonna be fun to watch those two teams, two defenses that are playing really really well, against two quarterbacks that are playing really really well, and Brock Purdy and and Jalen Hurts. Right. That's gonna be a lot of fun. And then Burrow, Burrow Mahomes. Come on, that's a that's a mar- marquee. That's a marquee matchup between those two coming up on on Sunday with the AFC and NFC championship games, which you can catch both of them right here on the team. Sports Network. So your predictions on the AFC NFC championship games. Come on, pile. Good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend. Got some thoughts there on that. Coming up next hour, we'll talk with Montrose coach Steve Skiff. We'll have our prep stars and Mighty Mavs as well. Chance to win with the number game coming up next hour. Case of Coors Original from High Country Beverage. So let's get the text line going today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. We want to hear uh, your thoughts about yesterday. About uh, were you surprised that the Bills played as poorly as they did yesterday in that one? In the snow too, which you'd think would give sure. I mean, it, it's not that it gave either team an advantage or disadvantage because Cincinnati's used to playing in bad weather. But you felt like though, if that was going to be home field advantage, that would have been Buffalo's ripe for the taking. Well, and look, the pressure that the Bengals' defense is able to put on Josh Allen, 265, but he threw a pick yesterday. He had 26 yards in the ground and a touchdown, but they really kept him from getting much going in terms of the quarterback run game. Yeah. And that was important. They they did a nice job of, of containing Stephon Diggs. He only had four catches, 35 yards yesterday. So they, they really limited what Josh Allen could do. And if you can do that, you usually are going to probably come out on the right the right side of a score against the Buffalo Bills. All right, so text or call us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the league? Or is it Patrick Mahomes? Give us your thoughts on that today as well. 970-242-1340.